The following is a production of Art Trap Productions, brought to you by the Gallifreyan Embassy and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This episode brought to you by Pachak Supporting Subscribers. Go to arttrap.com slash supporter to become a supporting subscriber. Support the show and get extra content and other bonuses. This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash podshock. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode also supported by the Podshock Podcast Companion app for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch now in the iTunes App Store. Live from Condo's Condo, it's Doctor Who Podshock. The Gallifreyan Embassy presents Doctor Who Podshock, episode 327. And hello, this is the Gallifreyan Embassy, as Ian just announced. And um, as Ian just said, it's episode 327. And why am I repeating everything Ian just said? (laughs) So I don't know. Why are you repeating everything I just said? I don't know. Why am I repeating everything? I'm a damn parrot. That's right. Why? (laughs) You're a damn parrot, that's why. <laughs> Not a dead parrot. It has ceased to be. <laughs> He's just pining. <laughs> oh, we're never going to get anywhere. Those are right. All right, okay. Well, <laughs> the voice you're hearing outside of my own is Ian Bissett, so let me introduce him first from all the way down south in the U.S., on the East Coast, south of me, in the, in the United States, I guess, panhandle, if you will. Mr. Ian Bissett. Hello. Welcome to uh, Monty Python Podshock. <laughs> flying uh, Podshocks, yes. <laughs> Monty Python and the Flying Podshock. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm hanging out here with a bottle of Moscato. Hmm. Ah. Well, I hope you brought enough to share with everyone. Just Dave. Ah. Well, then, speaking of Dave across the great pond that we call the Atlantic Ocean, Mr. Dave A.C. Cooper. Hello, Dave. Hi, I'm just about staying in here. I've uh, had some thoughts of uh, David Letterman recently and uh, maybe uh, thinking of retiring soon. But for the moment, while I've got wine, especially since I can steal it quite from Ian now and again, and I've got Casalero del Diablo. We're not going to let you retire. We're like the mob. Every time you go, every time you try to leave, we keep on pulling you back in. Well, I've, I've had to send out a couple of letters to a couple of American presidents. So until they're available to give my farewell speeches, I'll have to stay on. Well, every living president will be there for you. Ah, thank you very much indeed. And, and, and if that time ever does come that you that your your body becomes too weak, we'll um we'll just put your brain in a jar. There we go. Oh, thank you very much. Piece a together, bottle would be better. Piece together the body and and stick it on that, yeah. Uh, of course, Lewis, really, you're the Gallifreyan Embassy president, really. Well, Gallifreyan podcast. Yes, well, and, and, well, I'm not going to bid you adieu because you're not leaving. Okay, exactly. 
All right. Well, uh, going back to the States, going across the pond once again, and um, make sure you keep your feet up and not dangling it in the water while we go across the pond, because uh, you can, I don't know, a shark or something could <laughs> nibble at it. <laughs> Is uh, Lee Shackelford. Hello, Lee. Hi, everybody. I am here. And we're glad you are. Thank you. Well, welcome back to the show once again. Thank you. Okay, well, now that we're seeing eye to eye on that, pun intended, <laughs> let's, let's uh, introduce Kyle Jones. Hello, Good Kyle. evening, good evening. Glad good to evening. be back. Good to have you back. I'm so, absolutely, I'm serving as Lee's other eye tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I've just had eye surgery, folks, for anybody who... <laughs> We're keeping an eye on him. <laughs> Wonders what the heck that's all about. Yeah, no, and I'm doing well with no uh, no need for the elixir of the sisterhood of Karn. So, well, I'm glad to hear that. Which, which... I think you were a bit worried when the surgeon said his name was Maddock, though, didn't you? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Solan lies. What a lovely head. Yeah. So, how's that Dalek eye start working out for you? <laughs> it does have limited peripheral vision on it. <laughs> he just wanders around the house going, My vision is impaired. I cannot My see. My vision is impaired. <laughs> just have to impaired. turn. <laughs> impaired. Hey. Well, if we haven't dropped enough clues already, we'll be reviewing as the show goes on. The classic story, Brain of Morbius. So, um, yes. Let's, really? Yeah, <laughs> that's ironic. Yeah, that's yeah. Look, we So, if you haven't seen it yet, you have uh, you have the time till we do the news to go and watch it, which may actually <laughs> be enough time to actually. <laughs> <laughs> watch it. More time. The, the radio was cutting up tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Watch mm -hmm. it and watch it with the commentary. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad everyone's with us. It's good to be back. Um, it's good to be on the saddle, in the saddle again, as they say. And, um, and, and re please respect the horse's life choices, and we'll go forward. <laughs> oh, you're forgetting to introduce yourself again. I think. Yes, I am. I did that last time yeah, too. Yeah, yes, right. and, yeah. and you are. This is when we have a full house, and I have so many people to introduce. And right, I'm like, exactly. <laughs> who am I? That halfway down the show. Who oh, I forgot to introduce myself. <laughs> I'm that voice, that annoying voice that you hear on every show. It's Louis Trapani here on <laughs> on Doctor Who. <laughs> and there was much rejoicing. Yes, yes. And dashing of teeth. And now, um, now let's uh, wake everyone up, and we'll, I guess, we'll get on to the news. But I'm glad, um, you know, it's been a long winter, and and now that spring has sprung, and the weather's changing, and. Um, it's here as we record this. It's the Memorial Day weekend in the U.S., so, um, mm. you know, it's unofficial beginning of summer for some, but I, I still stay. I, for me, summer still begins at the summer solstice. I'm, I'm funny that way. So um, it's June. Was it June 21st or June 22nd, whenever the summer solstice is? Mm -hmm. That's summer for me. But um, for all those unofficial summer beginners, welcome to summer. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, I guess we should head over to the news. Unless, um, Come on, everybody, let's head over to the newsroom. It's quite a hike. It's on the other side of the studio. Here we go. Ah, <laughs> here we go. 
That wasn't a typewriter. That was us actually walking. It's funny that way. I didn't have to say those. Take those high heels off. Yeah. <laughs> no. We, we, this typewriter has sort of just been a tradition on Pachak. It has really nothing to do with Doctor Who at all. <laughs> Other no. than probably the Doctor would ha probably have a typewriter somewhere hooked up to the TARDIS console so at some point. There was. It, yeah. it was in it was in Matt's first uh, tar re revision of the TARDIS. There you go. He's right, you know. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Geeks, eh? Yeah. Geeks. I know. I know. What are you gonna do? The doctor did did type up that uh, that uh, letter that he forged in. Uh, uh, oh, I forgot the name of the story now. Uh, so it's my McCoy story where he switches his hands over and types. Uh, Rather interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Well, good. We'll get an email about it. Yeah. Somebody will find <laughs> out. Answers on the back mm -hmm. of a postcard. Feedback at podshock.net. Exactly. So uh, I'll, I'll remember halfway through the review. Of yes. I guess the email's kind of been, uh, feedback's kind of been light lately. So please uh, send your feedback. We much appreciate it. We read it all and um, we'll, we'll try to get some of it on the show whenever possible. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Unless we nah. Curse of Fenric. <laughs> unless we're getting unless we're concluding the oh, show. Oh, it's in Curse of Fenric? Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but speaking yeah. of geeky Doctor Who fans, don't you wish you could see that that sweet Osgood again? But alas, she was killed by Missy and so Say something nice. <laughs> <laughs> let Zygons be Zygons. Yeah, let Zygons. yeah. <laughs> Well, in Doctor Who and, yeah. and science fiction, never say never, you know. Exactly. <laughs> Spock came back. Mm-hmm. And apparently yeah. so is Osgood. And, uh, yeah. So speculation is, of course, rife about whether or not this is going to be Zygon Osgood or if it was Zygon Osgood who was eliminated earlier on or what's, what shenanigans have happened. Yeah. Um, well, of, of but, course, um, this is nothing new in Doctor Who. We've seen, you know, the Master constantly dies and comes back, and, um, I, you know, it sometimes comes back not as the Master, but as Missy. And oh. we've had, um, um, I think Kyle had mentioned um, Davros was infamous for dying and coming, you know, returning <laughs> in some form or another, even if it's just a head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of heads. <laughs> Speaking so. of Michelle Gomez, actually, she's making her first uh, uh, U.S. convention appearance this weekend at uh, TimeGate in Atlanta. Wow, oh, cool. They, they managed to score that one. So, yeah, and uh, I think with, uh, Katie, uh, Katie Manning is there as well. Yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. she is. I am not there. I am here. Mm. I have been to TimeGate. It's a very, very nice convention, actually. They put on a good show. Really good show. Really good show. Hmm. Well, that's yeah, not too around. far for me. I need to. I need to do it it's one of these days. It's been for a while, Tom Gates. Yeah. yeah. How much do we want to say about this? Osgood? Uh, I believe well, she's re returning for a two-part story. Yeah, I, I just to me, I, I as I said when the, when this news just kind of broke, I think it lessens the you know the impact of her death. You know, having her mm -hmm. come back and it, it kind of lessens you know Missy's. Um, you know, um, you know, her intent, you know, to, uh, 
her evilness or whatever you want to call it. Um, well, yeah, it diminishes her power if people yeah. she kills don't stay dead. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, unless it's a time travel story where we meet up with her before she dies, but, you know, mm -hmm. it's, if it's... So we know that's possible. She's, well, we also, in um, in the uh, 50th anniversary show, she, um, she mentioned a sister also. That's true. Um, so... Some people are speculating that that's an out. Twin sister. sister. Yeah. Twin sister. <laughs> now you have betrayed her as well. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, uh, one way that it could be actually good is if it is Zygon Osgood and the Doctor and, and Clara, you know, come back for whatever the... The issue is, and it's and it's kind of painful that they have to deal with this Zygon that looks like Osgood. Yeah. So in that respect, it could be an interesting mm -hmm. addition to the script. But you know, if it was Zygon Osgood that got killed, then it's just like, eh. It lessens the death, and you know, and, well, it's just well, a, it's just some unknown Zygon that got killed. Who cares? You know, I mean, it's just, right. we we've been through this with Rory, and now even with um. Um, with um, oh my god, I, most recent male co companion, um, Turlo. No, no. Well, <laughs> I just, I, oh, I Danny. just, um, uh, Danny Pink. Th thank you, yeah. Danny Pink. His name just blank. I just blanked out on his name. Yeah. Danny Blank. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. from the pictures I've seen, it does look like she's going to be paying homage to a different uh, doctor this time. Uh, I think maybe seven. Mm. That's right. Yeah. In the yes. earlier, she had the fourth doctor's scarf, and now she has a collar with question marks on it, which, right. yeah. So that would have just paying tribute to JNT. <laughs> yeah. Right. True. No, no, no. Mm. I actually saw um, a picture of her with the actual sweater. It was so. a pullover. Yeah. No, yes. Yeah. Mm. I'm just conflating those images in my mind. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> And every uh, fanboy's dream or something. Whatever that is, yeah. <laughs> She's not coming back as the Rani, is she? Because <laughs> uh, oh, famously, she she uh, dressed as... Um, Nell. Um, yeah. Nell, that's right. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that could be an unintentional spoiler there. Sorry about that. Oops. Oh, yeah. Everyone's the Rani until proven otherwise. Well, Stephen Moffat had just recently said somewhere, I don't know if it was Dr. Monkley or um, or somewhere, he had recently mentioned that he was trying to steer fans into believe into people into thinking that the that Missy was going to be the the Ronnie, you know, and evidently, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I mean, some people kind of speculated at first that it was a possibility, but. Should but really, the Rani was really interested in her, her own science experiments. She wasn't really out to conquer the world or take over the universe or do anything of that drastic nature. She was, she was experimenting and doing her own thing. And Oscar right. is a scientist. Ooh. Hmm. 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 Yes. Yes. Very interesting. And of course, if Osgood got killed, but Osgood was actually the Rani, she would regenerate. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Pure speculation, all this. I haven't of read course. it. Sure, sure. But. 
Ooh. Speaking of somebody who always dies. <laughs> <laughs> Our next story involves uh, Arthur Arvel cast as uh, the superhero. In, um, so does anyone oh, have know? To, I have to read that now? In, in, so does no, anyone know? know. <laughs> well, uh, does anyone know who Rip Hunter is, just out of that's, curiosity? N- no. Yeah, that's that's new to me, and I... Uh, I, well, I can fill you in on that. The, there's a, a spinoff to the CW's Arrow and Flash uh, show that's coming this fall. Rip Hunter is a comic book character, not necessarily a superhero, but uh, he is the, the keeper of something called Vanishing Point, which is a um, outside of time. It's it's where DC Comics interacts with all their uh, time-related characters. So it's interesting to see him being tied back into manipulating time just as Rory did. Oh. Interesting. There you go. So yet again, he's involved in time. But yeah, uh, the, the Legends of Time looks interesting. Um, and, uh, the, the, they just recently released the first look trailer. Um, and I, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of Arrow and Flash, and this is basically a spinoff of both of those shows. And it does look very, very good. Um, some interesting stuff going on. Um, Captain Cold's going to be in it. Uh, Adam, uh, White Canary. Hmm. White uh, Canary? White Canary. It's a new uh, one to okay. me. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. Played by the actress who used to play the Black Canary, but she's back from the dead. So interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. This is all going to develop. And in the Arrow, um, you know, in the show Arrow, we all know who played uh, Black Canary's mother, right? Yes, Alex Kingston. Alex Kingston. Mm-hmm. And the person responsible for the original Black Canary's death uh, was uh, John Barrowman. <laughs> so it's going to be an uh, interesting time for Arthur Darvel. Uh, who knows if... if uh, those two characters will show up at all. Um, so, uh, yeah, check out the, the, the trailer for that. Uh, it involves all of the, 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 the these characters, um, the trailer, and, uh, and Arthur Darville kind of narrating things for them, telling them what's going on, why they're all gathered together. Uh, it comes off, he's, yeah, it's quite cool. And, of course, he's a time traveler, so stuff he's used to. Oh. Yeah, I haven't seen either um, Arrow or The Flash. Get out. I'm sorry. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Well, it's, it's, I can't, I haven't seen him, so it's not like I dislike him, and that's why I don't watch. I just haven't seen him. (laughs) Okay, moving on, since we did our uh, last show, uh, we've got some 
news that maybe our listeners are, are fairly well aware of, but um, we didn't cover it last time, and it was some more sad news. Uh, another alumni from Doctor Who who passed away, uh, Nigel Terry, um, uh, died age 69. Um, this was announced uh, on the Doctor Who news site uh, on the uh, 4th of May, I believe. Uh, our last episode went out the end of April, so uh, this was after that. Um for the Doctor Who fans, played General Cobb in the 2000, 2008? Is that seven years ago? Yeah, it's hard Unbelievable. to believe. Unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> yeah. The Doctor's daughter. Yeah. yeah. But, but of course, uh, Lewis, I think you were a big fan of this actor from Excalibur, was it? Yeah, yeah. When, yeah. When, well, when we were reviewing The Doctor's Daughter, that was the first thing I said. I was like, I recognise the voice immediately. I may not have recognised the <laughs> face immediately, but I recognised the voice. It was just, you know, um, such a uh, authorian voice. <laughs> and he was Prince John in the great film of uh, The Lion and Winter. Also, back when... He was a much younger man. And I remember him from uh, an episode of Highlander, the TV series Highlander, where he played uh, one of the immortals in that. Great, great actor, yeah. Yeah, I remember that... Sadly died. The week that he had passed, we had several passings of of notables. Um, I can't remember the others of that week, but mm. he, was, he was like, oh, no, not another one, you know, it's just... Right. And he was 69, that's... Yeah, it's too young. Yeah, it is. Too near, yeah. But I think we ought to move on to uh, more joyful news, uh, something that uh, our friend uh, Tim Jury will uh, actually enjoy, and um, Adam from uh, Staggering Stories, who I think, I believe, were in London this afternoon for the first uh, run of the uh, new Doctor Who Symphonic Spectacular that opened in the UK, in London. And um, that's um, uh, got a standing ovation. And uh, is it something called Vine, is it, where you can put up 15-seconds clips? So quite a few yeah. clips from it from there on that. Then it goes on to uh, uh, leading off to Cardiff on Monday, Birmingham on Tuesday, Leeds on Wednesday, Newcastle on Thursday, finishing Glasgow on Friday. But, of course, uh, depending on when this episode actually gets up onto the servers, we're talking about the end of May 2015. But it's also coming to New York, actually, on in October. Wednesday, October 7th, it will be in New York, and Michelle Gomez will be there, speaking of Michelle what? Gomez. Yes. There it is. It's a center, yeah. the, the Barclays Center in Brooklyn in, in New York, um, and I think the tickets may have already gone on sale. I, I, I think it was. I think the tickets went on sale last week, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. They've had uh, performers from the series, I guess, at every stop of the venue. I. Um, I, I would think so. I'm. I'm looking at the uh, Ticketmaster now, and it does right say here. the tickets are available. Yeah, for. So, I'm trying to get a price, but I I don't see it. It's loading on my screen slowly. <laughs> if you have to ask, <laughs> yeah, it's too much. Oh, I see. You get you have to use the map and select a section of what, where you want to. Right. Yeah, I think it's expensive. I think Tim was uh, bemoaning slightly the fact he was uh, you know he could have taken some binoculars and enjoyed it more. You know. <laughs> 
great to be there. I mean, what else could he have been doing in the UK? Only watching the Eurovision Song Contest. So uh, he, he he looked out there going to see that today, I think. Oops. Whoops. Well, I'm trying... This is a funky website. I, seven, okay. I, so I, I just ran... I just picked a seat here as section 19, row 12, seat 14. That makes no... <laughs> means nothing to anyone there, but it's seven for that particular seat. It's seventy dollars, seventy dollars and fifty cents, and that's that's not on the floor seat. That's some that's like on the um, second um, tier, if, if you will, or mm. first tier. I, I think you just bought that seat. So if anybody wants to find Lewis at this <laughs> <Yeah>. concert, <laughs> it's a, now, now oh, you know what seat number he's in. Oh, I keep on selecting them, and the, and the price keeps on going up because that it's, I have to deselect it. This is weird. I never, you know, I I bought concert tickets, God knows how many times. Wow. It's never been so. Uh, yeah, and for thirty five uh, for thirty five dollars, you can sit on his lap. The tickets really <laughs> vary in prices. In t- the next uh, the next row from from that. It's ninety dollars. It's just like the, mm. if you want to sit in front wow. of me, seriously, mm. ni- from seventy mm. fifty to ninety fifty, and you're just up one row. Section. And if you want to sit, row row makes you. If you want to sit at the side of Lewis, it's two hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it does make you wonder what happens in that row in front of you there, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, it's uh, anyway. If you if you go to, um, you can find links to Ticketmaster from from the site. Let's let me go back to where this all started. Uh, you had it on a. You had linked from DoctorWhoNews.net. Yeah, Doctor Who DoctorWho.tv. Uh, this is a long URL, but it's okay. sh- DoctorWho.tv slash events slash Doctor Who hyphen i mean doctor hyphen who hyphen symphonic hyphen spectacular slash new york nyc slash two and no, no hyphen i'm sorry to the Holy smoke. 2015 yeah. slash <clears throat> or just google doctor who symphonic spectacular yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow yeah wow he's right all right so if, yeah, if you can afford to go and definitely enjoy some great music and um, and let us know if you did go how how did you like it? So I guess Murray Gold's not going to be there. He might be hiding in there somewhere. I met Murray Gold at um. It was the the pre well they called it the preview even though we we had seen it already. Um, of uh, Matt Smith's first story, The Eleventh Hour, they had a in New York City. They had a special um, preview at the, um, the in in Manhattan, which was a, a press only, I think, event. And then they had one for the for the public. And uh, I, I was I was had the privilege of being at the at the press event, and he was there at the reception. Nice guy. Brilliant. Didn't he make a guest? Who was it that made a guest appearance on Voyage of the Damned? Was that him or Murray Gold? Was it Murray Gold or Foster who made the guest appearance? Um, I you know, in the Voyage of the that. Damned, they, they, they had the band playing, and he was playing one of the instruments. It might have been. I can't him. remember. I think, it was Murray, it, Murray Gold. Or... I think it was Gold, but I could be wrong. I don't know. It's been so long since I've seen them, but I remember that. Now that you bring it up. Hmm. 
It's Murray Gold. Uh, I looked at, thanks to the TARDIS data core, I was able to look that, that up fast. He's uh, he's uh, playing the guitar in Voyage of the yeah. Damned. Okay. That's... Uh, yeah. I forgot about it until you brought it up, Dave. Right, yeah. BBC's two pu- uh, BBC Books are publishing the first official guide to science of Doctor Who, coming, which is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about a year after the Colton Collective did theirs, but there you go. Coming in June, yes. um, written by Simon Grulier, who um, who, who I met. I, um, I, I I don't mean to be. I, I sound like a name dropper now. Um, <laughs> I've met him too. Don't worry. <laughs> the public ast- and public astronomer at the Royal Observatory, Greenwich. Um, uh, oh, uh, Doctor. Um, Barrett Kukla. No, I don't think I've met him. Kukla. Frank you haven't Robert. met him. No. You sure? No, I think I was thinking of what's this? I'm thinking of someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Another astronomer was, he's met. Maybe it was two other guys. Yeah. <laughs> Another astronomer from the Royal Observatory, Greenwich. You think of Neil Steve, deGrasse Tyson? Stephen Hawking. I mean, you've met the yeah. best. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, they're saying this is the first official guide, so that's perhaps uh, to distinguish from yours. And uh, you know. Yeah, and and it is science with no quotes on it, I guess. So, but <laughs> that's where it's different, Dave. Yeah, our science had quotes. <laughs> yeah. Well, we just had a NASA scientist do ours. True, that's all. We did. We did have a NASA scientist. Who apparently works at the same place as you do, Lee. That's true. Or we work for the same university anyway. We're both mm. always. On the go, but yeah. And, and just had a birthday the other day, too, so shout out to Perry. Yeah, well done. Happy birthday, Perry. Then were a lot of candles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, the supernova. Was, yeah, indeed. Yeah. I think I'm older than he is, so I shan't make fun. No, no. But Big Finish, meanwhile, has announced that they've secured the rights to... Torchwood, and that they'll produce six new stories starring Captain Jack, which I guess more to the point, that will actually be voiced by John Barrowman. Um, Jack, Captain Jack and the team, it says here, the team such as it is. Yeah. Such as it is. It'll be interesting to see what team we end up with. Yeah, funny thing is uh, the the um, Burn Gorman who was uh, in Torchwood. Of course, I've just been watching him in Game of Thrones. Mm. Uh, you know, so uh, but uh, as you say, uh, the team is rather. Um, are we down to two? I don't know how many survivors there were. Spoilers, but spoilers. You know. <laughs> oh, we had some Americans in, in in there at the end. Ah, indeed. So. Didn't the Americans kind of, well, whatever happened to the, you know, spoilers and all that good stuff, but I'll, I'll go with two. Yeah. Uh, it, it's yeah. going to be interesting. And uh, and who knows what this will do for Torchwood. It might, it might uh, you know, bring people's interest level back up in the show and maybe we'll get some, some more on the telly or uh, yeah. at least... Uh, 
you know, you can do much bigger budget stuff with 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 audio, which is fantastic. You know. Uh, and the, the thing that that pleases me about it, if they can bring it back with with a depleted uh, core core group, Blake Seven could come back because we could uh, we could at least have uh, two or three of those standing over the dead bodies of the others. Um, so spoiler. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> so he's just Blake ruined that whole scene. Yeah, but but he dies at the end. <laughs> Well, there's supposed to be a new Blake 7 series coming out, but that's been in limbo. I don't know. New, well, news about it has been in limbo for a couple of years now. Uh, there was. It just seems like a little bit of information comes out now and then, but I don't know what progress is being made on that front. And by the way, the 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 uh, the doctor that I was getting confused with is uh, Michio Kaku, um, if I'm pronouncing his Kaku. Um, Famous Asian um, scientist, doctor, professor mm. of, of mm. theoretical oh, the physics. Oh, the one that, yeah, he's the one that does uh, things about time, isn't he? Yeah. Nature of time and mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. An honest mistake, then. Um, yeah, uh, the only, similar name. Yeah, same initials and everything. So. Yeah. And the only quote I've got is, Blake, you betrayed me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't got the voice for it. It needs somebody like Lee. <laughs> well, um, next bit of news, which will may please or displease some people, depending on on which camp you may fall into. If you do fall into a camp, <laughs> um, is that um, Stephen Moffat has is uh, to stay until at least until series ten, which is uh, the next series after this series. Yeah. I just heard a voice cry out from North Carolina, <laughs> and then it was silenced. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. <laughs> well, I have it's admired a lot of his writing, but I, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm torn. I, I, mm. I don't I know. It's, just, I d- it's time for a new take. I, I would love to see what somebody else does. I just, yeah. Well, I think that's what of. it comes down to. I, I think it's time for you know, a refresh. Or, but, you know, sometimes you, you have to, I don't want to be in a position where, well, this is what you're asked for. And now, you you know, I don't want to be sorry. You yeah. know, you could be, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I mean, it depends. Obviously, it depends on who they get. But, you know, that's the whole nature of Doctor Who is it's constantly reinventing itself. And the producer's constantly changing. And it goes into... It, it regenerates, you know, into an, a, a different thing. You know, that's why, you know, the story that we're going to be reviewing shortly is falls into what we call the Philip Hitchcliffe error, which is uh, spans, you know, the story, his error spans a bunch of stories that are very different in texture and atmosphere than, um, let's say, the Graham Williams error that, that follows it, you know, mm-hmm. um, with Tom Baker, even though they're both Tom Baker, doc, you know, uh, errors. So, um, well, I'm quite happy staying with two provisos. One proviso is that we we come away from this fairy tale uh, yeah. aspect that he, he seems to think, and the second one is that if he's here for series nine and series ten, that we don't have an overlap of uh, unanswered questions at the end of series nine going into ten. I hope he, you know. It, it, so if if he does those two things, I'm quite happy because I think what he's thinking is we've got now the twelfth Doctor, um, you know, uh, searching for Gallifrey, and uh, we've got um, Clara. 
who's not an impossible girl anymore, but is hopefully just a girl who decides that actually she wants to travel with the Doctor. Um, you know, she's unencumbered by uh, ties to Earth, one assumes. God, I'm saying spoilers a lot today, but spoilers. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I want an ordinary girl going on adventures with the Doctor, almost like the third Doctor uh, and Sarah Jane Smith. You know, they're going off. And um, if if he doesn't go too fairy tale on us, then uh, I'm on board. Yeah, well, I mean, that's been Dave and I've been complaining that for a while, complaining about that whole fairy tale aspect, you know, for a while now. But I just don't see him pivoting on that. I think that's, you know, I think that's ingrained in, you know, in that's, Stephen Moffat's That's just vision, his style. Yeah, of, of mm. Doctor Who, which, you know, I, it is what it is, unfortunately, in, in regards to that. But I, I would like to see less fairy tales and more good stories and adventures and. Um, you know, just, I don't know. Did, did we mention, by the way, that um, it has been announced, isn't it, that Series 9, there's not going to be 13 episodes and a Christmas special, it's only going to be 12 uh, and the Christmas. I'm assuming that what happened is that going way back when, when Doctor Who first came and, uh, and it was announced we were going to have Christmas specials and then they were told there was no extra budget for that. You know, they basically had to stretch the budget out, hence the, you know, the double banking one, the Doctor Light uh, that started to appear mm -hmm. and, of course, produced really successful episodes like Blink. So we... Uh, and Grid... Uh, not Midnight, that was another one that where, you know, the companion wasn't in that very much and so on. So, um... Presumably, uh, we're going to have series ten is going to be a similar thing of twelve episodes and a Christmas special. But wasn't it the case last year too? And we were assuming that maybe because the the first story was a theatrical, you know, they released it in the theaters and it was longer, that maybe they, they you know, the, the budget went there. Well, well, I was I, wondering yeah, if that was going to happen too again this yeah, year. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the actual length of screen time was the same as thirteen episodes, wasn't it? Yeah. So I guess I guess we'll see what happens with this series if there's anything if there's an extended episode or or not. As long as they don't extend it for the sake of extending it, you know, I remember that was some of the arguments that we had, not the arguments, but our issues that we had with a bit of deep breath. Yeah. Mm. Don't don't give it fluff. Get it, you know, give it meat. Yeah, and I agree. Yeah, well done, Kyle. Yeah. Okay. Well, the last bit of news, which um, I, I think we mentioned early on once before, as far as um, Paul Carnell's involvement in it, is that there's going to be a, a Doctor Who comic crossover, that um, um, that's featuring, as, as I just said, uh, writers Paul Carnell, Neil Edwards, and it features um. The tenth, twelfth, and eleventh—I don't know why I said that out of order—but <laughs> the the tenth, eleventh, and twelfth doctors. And it's also going to—that's why I wanted to mention it again. It's going to also have John Hurt's doctor in it. Ah, so the the war doctor, because, because, if you will. Right. Yes. If you look at it, um, 
um, you know, I'll put up the link on the yeah. Podshock uh, website, but um, the cover the, one of the covers, right, ha has a whited out image, but I've seen a, a real image of it. Yeah, like an inverse yes. silhouette of um, what looks like the image of the War Doctor. Yes. It's sort of like the So that's coming, ghost. and I think that's in August. Yeah, I believe so, if, I'm memory, if memory serves. Um, just before we drop off news, there's a couple of things I'd want to mention briefly. I didn't want to put them in the show notes because they're just little brief mentions, if I may, Lewis. Sure, go ahead. Um, here in the UK, we've had the uh, the BAFTA TV Awards uh, 2015, and um, a few of the Doctor Who alumni have got nominated for that. For instance, Toby Jones, um, Toby. great actor. Uh, he he was nominated in the leading actor, uh, lost out uh, to another actor. But um, the main one, of course, is um, oh uh, Jessica Hines, who's from uh, uh, Human Nature, Family of Blood. Uh, she she got um, um, uh, won an award. She was on the Graham Norton show just recently as well. But um, uh, she, she was uh, one of the um, the winners. And I'm just. Uh, Going down the page now um, to, uh, I'm sure there was somebody else from uh, Doctor Who. Ah, it's gone. And of course, uh, Sherlock got nominated uh, in a couple of things. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch got uh, nominated as a leading actor. Uh, Keely Hawes, uh, not from Doctor Who, but uh, Ashes to Ashes that uh, Ian and myself were keen on. Sarah Lancashire has been in Doctor Who. She was Sheridan Smith. Been in Doctor Who. Oh, of course she has. Yeah, she was in the. Um, yeah, the, she was the uh, the the runner of the bank one, wasn't she? Yeah, um, I thought so. I, yes. I, I, the name <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Sheridan. Well, mistake Smith. number one. There's the mistake yeah, number one for yeah. Dave. Uh, okay, he gets uh, to the show. Sheridan Smith, who I thought should have won leading actor for Scylla, because Sheridan Smith is on the audio things. So there's an awful lot of um, uh, people from Doctor Who. Graham Norton himself won, and we know he made an appearance in Doctor Who. So there you go. Um, so that was one thing. Uh, the other thing, very briefly, uh, those people who have tried to catch um, Doctor Who from the BBC iPlayer, the uh, the global iPlayers to close, and I believe uh, that might cause some consternation from some people who uh, got closing, their uh, Doctor Who from that. They're closing down the iPlayer? Really? The global, the global iPlayer, yeah. Oh, that's bizarre. Yeah. Uh, the service which allows viewers outside the UK to watch BBC programmes, including Doctor Who, for a subscription fee, uh, is to cease on the 26th of June. Service was available in Western Europe, uh, Australia, Canada, and though it never in, uh, launched in the United States. But um, but certainly people who listen to the Podshock in those countries will um, be uh, aware of that. Um and one last thing is that BAFTA celebrates 10 years of Doctor Who in New York. Special anniversary Doctor Who event is to be held in New York, hosted by the BAFTA Cymru uh, Cardiff Business Council, BBC America, uh, special screening events. Um, well, some have been already held. Yeah, they but, had something, um, I think, on May 14th here in New York with um, um, Stephen Moffat. Probably, was, yeah. Stephen Moffat was there, some sort of BAFTA... 
thing. I, 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 you know, some Brits were, I guess, rightfully complaining that, you know, it was being held in the U.S. And uh, I don't understand the reasoning for it, but it was only select people that were invited to that. So I was not selected. So <laughs> I didn't I, I, I didn't go. Well, I think that's about it, really. Um, uh, yeah, the um, the Jessica Hines, by the way, was awarded her uh, for a female performance in a comedy program, W1A uh, winner. She was up against Olivia Coleman, Tasmin Gregg, and Catherine Tate. Hmm. I don't know. I think that probably concludes our news now. I think so. Concludes the news. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be right back with our review, and this is your chance, if you haven't seen it yet, to go and watch it and come right back with us as we give you the brain of Morbius review. Here, have the brain of Morbius. <laughs> I don't want the brain of Morbius. <laughs> Here, have it. <laughs> it's the only way to get ahead. <laughs> but, it's, but, but it's clearly twice the size of any brain that could go in a human being's head. <laughs> I think well, it'll prune in water and expand. Yeah, well, maybe that's it. That we'll talk about that in our review. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be right back with uh, Brain Amorius. Hello, this is Katie Manning, and you're listening to Doctor Who Podshock, or as I read it, Pooshock. <laughs> if you enjoy podcasts, it's a good bet that you enjoyed audiobooks as well. Audible is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. Audible has over 150,000 titles to choose from in all different genres, including thrillers, business, romance, comedy science fiction, of course, and so much more, including plenty of Doctor Who titles, hundreds of Doctor Who titles. So Audible titles will play on your iPhone, your Kindle, Android, over 500 devices for listening anytime and anywhere, just like a podcast. And for you listeners of Doctor Who Podshock, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. And if you feel it's not right for you, you can cancel and keep your free audiobook. So to get your free audiobook, simple. Go to audibletrial.com slash pachock. Again, audibletrial.com slash pachock for your free audiobook. Now we like to make a recommendation. Sometimes, well, most of the time we try to make it relate to the episode of Doctor Who Pachock that um, this appears in. And we're reviewing the brain of Morbius in this episode of Doctor Who Podshock, and that's going to be our selection. BBC Audio has on Audible the brain of Mor- it's doc- it's called Doctor Who and the Brain of Morbius. It's by Terry. It's by Terence Dix, and it's narrated by Tom Baker, who stars as the fourth Doctor in the story that this is based on. So this is a unabridged audiobook. And it's based on the episodic television s- series that we're going to review in this episode of Doctor Who Podshock. But this is the audiobook, and that's our referral. Let's hear a little bit from Doctor Who and the Brain of Morbius. Only a powerful survival instinct kept him alive and moving. 
two of his legs were broken, and he scrabbled painfully across the razor-sharp rocks with the remaining four. The tough, chitinous carapace that covered his body was cracked clear across, and thick, purplish blood welled sluggishly from the wound, leaving a glistening trail across the rocks behind him. Chris paused, swinging his huge head with its shiny, many-faceted eyes. Behind him he could see the ship, its body as buckled and shattered as his own by the savage impact of the crash. Black smoke was pouring from the wreckage. Even as he watched, there was a sudden red glow and a shattering explosion as the fuel chamber of the Zeisen drive blew up. The rillium plates twisted and buckled in the fierce blaze, molten metal running over the rocks. Dimly, Chris felt that the lifeblood of the ship, like his own, was pouring away onto the rocks of this bleak, alien planet. Painfully, Chris crawled on. His dying mind was still full of the moments before the crash. It had been a routine exploratory flight. Chris came from a world where his insect-like species had evolved into the dominant race. Their deep-seated instincts for order, cooperation and selfless hard work had built a great civilization. Chris, like all his people, existed only to serve the race, which in turn was symbolized by the nest and by the great mother, goddess and queen in one. The race had only one problem, lack of living space. As nest after nest was established, the home planet became impossibly crowded, and they sought always for new worlds to colonize. Not to conquer, for Chris's people were a moral race. Planets too harsh to sustain other species, worlds devastated by the wars in which other life forms so often destroyed themselves, were taken over and made habitable by the technology of the race. This had seemed just such a world. Orbiting the planet on his preliminary survey, Chris had seen nothing but ruins and desolation on his scanners, a world of mountains and rocky deserts barely able to sustain life. A few ruined buildings suggested a civilization, once powerful but now vanished. Chris remembered his growing feelings of exaltation. Surely this was another home for the race. Then something, some incredible force, had seized his little scouter and smashed it down at the foot of this mountain range. Again, that's Doctor Who and the Brain of Morbius. That could be your free audiobook selection. To download your free audiobook, simply go to audibletrial.com slash pachak. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash pachak for your free audiobook. And if you don't, if you can't, Remember that URL, fear not, go to our website, podshock.net. You'll find links to it there as well. And we're back with Doctor Who Podshock. And once again, uh, joining me, Louis Trapani, is Dave Cooper, Kyle Jones, Lee Shackelford, and Ian Bissett. All together. And you missed the best... And you missed the best 20 minutes of the show. (laughs) (laughs) The bit where Dave was quiet. (laughs) (laughs) All on the cutting room floor. Yes, yes. (laughs) 
Well, well, let's let's hope the the first segment is all there intact. We we, we had a little uh, recording issue here, but um, I'm hoping when I play it back, it's all there. Otherwise, uh, well, if not, you'll know about it because I'll be explaining what happened in the first half or well, the first section of this episode. All right. Well, as promised. We're reviewing The Brain of Morbius, which is a Tom Baker story, The Fourth Doctor, and it's um, it aired the very beginning of January of 1976, so it was was written and developed in 1975 and and shot in 75, and like I said, it went out on the 3rd of January 1976, and um, the only reason why I was emphasizing that is because um, this is uh, 2015, so we're at the, the 40th anniversary um, of it here. So, um, I'm sorry, I just got distracted by a message from Dave here. <laughs> yeah, stop that. Oh, okay. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Dave, Dave, I think has a backup recording. So, um, thankfully, thank you, that Dave. Okay. I was looking flirting during the show. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking after your brain, Lewis. Well, thank you. <laughs> Someone has to. So getting back to uh, Brain, because unfortunately I lost mine a long time ago. Brain of Morbius, um, like I said, it's, it's a, a Tom Baker story, Fourth Oop. Doctor, with Elizabeth Sladen as Sarah Jane Smith. And this is during the um, the Philip Hitchcliffe era of being producer of Doctor Who during his era of um, Doctor Who. It's directed by Christopher Barry. And it's uh, on screen credit. It's written as if you watch the episode, we'll say writer Robin Bland. And it's actually not Robin Bland. There's no such creature. <laughs> that was a made up name. It's actually uh, Terrence Dix, and it was rewritten by Robert Holmes. It's um, what had happened is that Terrence Dix did the original story treatment, and it was. Um, it was a, it was approved around this time forty years ago. It was like I think it was May fourteenth or nineteenth or whatever that he was submitted and it was approved in nineteen seventy five. And he went on a holiday and he didn't leave any contact information because he wanted to be on holiday. And what happened was that they decided to do some rewrites and they got Bob Holmes, Robert Holmes, um, who's um, well known in, in Doctor Who circles for his writing and. Um, made some changes, and when um, when Terrence Dix got back, you know, he was told, oh, yeah, we made some changes, and he said, please send the script, you know, so I, you can check him out, and then he didn't recognize the script, so he's just asked, he said, just put some bland sonium there, you know, um, another name, and that's what they did, Robin Bland. <laughs> so... That's uh, that's the reason for that name, and that, and that's why Terrence Dix or Robert Holmes um, aren't credited on screen. I, I'm just thinking, Lewis. I think I'll change my name for this podcast. Can, can you just put down uh, uh, Dave uh, Morbius? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll do that. <laughs> and I'll and I'll be Condo. <laughs> <laughs> So, and Ian will be Sarah Jane. <laughs> <clears throat> Dave just likes the idea of uh, being in a tank full of fluids. So. <laughs> well, since we are, we're mentioning characters' names, uh, mention some of the guest performers. We had Philip Maddock playing Dr. Solon, uh, Colin Fay as Kondo, um, 
Michael Spice as the voice of, Mo- of Morbius, and uh, Stuart Fell, who is no stranger to Doctor Who and um, did was uh, under the the makeup or inside the creature itself, the, the Morbius monster. Well, th- this story introduces the the sisterhood of Khan here, and um, so we have Cynthia Granville who plays Marin, who's sort of the the head the uh, of of the sisterhood. <laughs> Well, I didn't mean that as a pun. I just realized the the, head the, of the, the chief, <laughs> the um, I don't know the lead what sister, the lead sister of the sister. Yeah, I don't know if she has a title stated in the episode, but yeah, she, yeah she's I, clearly the boss. I thought Marin actually was her title, or, or maybe it's her ah, name. But I, I thought that was the title. Maybe it is. Yeah. Yeah. Julie Brown, um, I think, uh, plays one of the sisters, and then there's Sue Bishop, Jane Kells, um, Veronica Ridge. Julie Brown is the one who plays with the stigmatism. Uh, Her eyes keep going, woo! So uh, I don't think she acted in much after this, I'm afraid, but uh, there you go. Dave, do that that sound again. (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't do pre. I want. I want. Uh, what's it? Uh, residuals. If I do it again. <laughs> so yeah, I have. To, uh, I have to more say. Insist, more in- Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step on you. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. Marin's sidekick is uh, is named Ohika, and uh, in watching it again, I, I had the idea for a minute that her name is Topeka, but it's uh, it's not Topeka. But, uh, We're not in Kansas anymore. Not in Kansas anymore. But um, uh, but Dave's right. Uh, that was Jillian Brown, and she didn't do a lot after that. But I I got curious because I thought she was cute, and um, I looked her up on IMDb, and, and I see that the things that she did after that were Casanova and Frustrated Wives, and a film called Sex and the Other Woman. So I think she, she sort of saw how her what kinds of roles she was getting cast in, and she seems to have sort of pulled the ejector seat switch and. Said that's enough of show business for her. So pity, because um, she seemed nice and a lot of fun. But um, mm. but Cynthia Grenville here is uh, is Marin. Uh, just watching her again this time around, just wow, what a what a performance that is. Um, yeah, and I didn't. And she she doesn't have a lot of other credit either. So you you can't go see her in a lot of other things. Uh, it's a shame too. I mean, yeah. I, I think the cast yeah. was outstanding. Um, I, I have to I have to confess this story has been one of my favorites, even though I haven't seen it in years now. Probably it's probably been yeah. a good twenty years. But before that, back back in the day when when you could catch Doctor Who all the time on PBS, this one was uh, you know they would rerun it over and over again. So I've seen this plenty mm-hmm. times over and over again back in the day. <laughs> and but it's it's it's, right. it's but you always stay tuned to it and watch it, even though you've seen it so many times over and over again because it's always been it's one true. of my. Uh, my all-time favorites, you know, as far as uh, you know, Doctor Who episodes from that era, and it's it's yeah, a you, you, classic horror motif. I'm sorry, I don't mean to go, go ahead, I, I, Lee. I'm sorry. I don't have to do all the talking, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I just want I just want to because please do because no, I'm with you. I, this is uh, we, you you had put up a list of uh, possible shows that we that we might talk about, and then mm-hmm. I was jumping up and down because Brain of Morbius is on the list, and and it is my favorite classic Who, 
and uh, uh, my favorite cereal in Classic Who. And uh, but yeah, I, I remember those those days too that you're talking about. That it seemed like every time you saw them on our PBS affiliates, it was Brain of Morbius, and I didn't mind. But no, I, I no, just kept watching it. You, so you kept them watching it. And uh, I, I think maybe it was, it's nostalgia that has me love it. Well, but I think uh, I think that's part of it. And watching it now, you know, I I I appreciate it on perhaps on a different level again. You know, it, you know, I really, you know, it's it's um, well, as I said, it's it's a classic horror story. I mean, obviously, if you okay, spoiler alert, we're going to assume that you've seen it if you listen to this. So anything after this, you know, we we might be giving away parts of the story, or whatever. So um, that goes to say, you had forty years now. <laughs> or close to it. Uh, You've had time. You had time to watch it. So, uh, but it's it's um, there, there's ref- obviously obviously some similarities and references and, and homage played to Frankenstein, the, sto- the story of, of, of Frankenstein here, but the Frankenstein monster and all that. Um, but it's it's not just that. It's I mean it's just done so well as far as the um, the lighting and th- they've done they did this elaborate staging, but it's you, you don't really. Ap- see it that much because it's so darkly lit to create this whole moody atmosphere that that's engulfed mm. in the whole story and um and Dudley Simpson does the music that adds to this whole atmosphere and it's just it, it's, it's wonderful it's just lovely textured to it and um and it's also um which I didn't realize it was um it's the first Doctor Who story in many years that's completely shot in the studio where there's no Exterior shots. There's nothing. Oh. Um, I mean, th- there's there's exterior scenes in it, but there was all shot in the studio, and th- there were like mm-hmm. no model photography, no no spaceships. You know, there's everything was done. Sh- everything was shot there in the studio, and there hasn't. This is the first time since the sensorites that that occurred. So I, I thought that was very interesting. Wow. Have I been ill long, nurse? I am leader of the sisters. Hmm? Sorry, Matron. Maren. No, thank you. I had a little drink about an hour ago. Events have moved along while I've been asleep. You feign ignorance, time lord. Please, just call me doctor. I hate all this bowing and scraping. Do you wish to confess? Confess? To what? That you were sent here by the High Council of the Time Lords. Well, I have to confess that I don't really know. The calibrators have been on the blink recently. How did you get her here, by the way? The power of the Sisterhood. Really? But you mean you still practice teleportation? Her queens. Now, if you've got yourself a decent forklift Doctor... You have but a little time left. Will you waste it prattling nonsense or confess your guilt? What do you mean, I have but a little time left? Before you die. Well, I'm only 749. Life doesn't begin until 700... At the next sun, that is agreed. Not by me, it isn't. I haven't even been consulted. Confess that you were sent here to steal the elixir of life. And your death will be made easy. I have the vaguest notion of what you're talking about. The last thing I remember, I was taking a glass of wine with Solomon Morbius. Morbius is dead. That's right, Morbius is dead. How did I get that impression? The Time Lords destroyed Morbius for his crimes here on Khan. Solomon had a clay model of his head. 
But it was more than that. A living mental contact. I felt the mind of Morbius. Morbius was executed for leading the rebellion. His body was placed in a dispersal chamber and atomized to the nine corners of the universe. I know that. But I tell you, Malin, just for a second before I passed out, his mind touched mine. I felt his burning hatred and anguish. Morbius is alive. I suppose you it's... think raising these old fears can somehow help you. But I was present at his execution. Morbius is dead, Doctor. And you will join him very shortly. Ah, well, and now... It's not only a great episode to go back and watch, and it's wonderful that it's, it's you know, right at 40 years, but now Brain of Morbius is also a vital part of the canon because it's sort of the prequel to Night of the Doctor. Yes. And without Night of the Doctor, you can't understand the sequence of the Doctor's regeneration. So, um, so for new Who fans, they have to go see Brain of Morbius <laughs> to know what the heck is going on in Night of the Doctor. They have to do it. They have to do it. So my question is, is that Marin? Um, yeah, and Kyle and I were talking about that because uh, he had made a very uh, lovely graphic uh, showing the the two um, leaders of the Sisterhood of Karn, and I said, "Oh, look, it's the two Myrons." But Myron's dead at the end of Morbius. Yeah, the the, the character. Yeah, the, the character does. Um, she's which, if if there's anything you know, if there's any negative things about this, is I, I didn't really understand how that really occurred. How she 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 sacrificed herself and. I don't, you know, it's a, the flame is not that big. How did you, I mean, she seems yeah. it's a little iffy very fast. How, how it was done. I mean, there was a cutaway shot and then they went back and you saw her in the flames. And, and she's actually, which I didn't realize, you know, it, until now is that, you know, she's, the actress herself wasn't that old when it was shot, you know, and no, that was that no. was all prosthetic on her face to make her look older. Mm -hmm. So you see a glimpse of her younger in the flames, and that was it, really, as far as, you know, maybe seeing her as she really is. But um, if you have the DVD of this, there's an excellent, um, um, you know, um, I, I, I don't have the DVD on hand right now. It's, it's across the room. <laughs> but there's, there's some extras that were included, including this one piece. Something, they, they, they make pun on the a head, getting ahead or something like that. And it's a wonderful um, behind the scenes, you know, they interviewed a lot of the actors. And, um, and one of the actors and actresses that were interviewed was um, Cynthia Grenville. And this was 2008, so she was still... I, I, I don't know if she's still around. Hopefully she is um, today. But in, at, when the DVD was produced in 2008, 2008, um, she was around. And she still looks, I mean, she's now she's naturally older. And she's, mm -hmm. <laughs> she, she fits the, she still looks, uh, she's still recognizable as, as, um, as Marin. Hmm. Lee, you mentioned um, that this tied into the Night of the Doctor. Did anyone notice that they, spoke similar the sisterhood spoke similar there were there was a line where uh Marin said you have but little time left will you waste it and immediately whenever I heard that I had to go and rewatch Night of the Doctor and that was almost word for word the oh, same thing as what was told to the eight doctor That's will nice. you waste it yeah 
Yeah, there's a, there's definitely a stylized way of speaking in the sisterhood, and I and I love that uh, that Night of the Doctor picks up on that. That that's uh, oh, and, not lost on the script there. Yeah, and that documentary, which was done in two thousand eight, is narrated by none other than Paul McGann. So I thought that was so fitting. You know, uh, yes. this was two thousand eight. They have Paul uh, McGann narrating it, and I'm like, oh, this foreshadowing. Is, yeah, it's very, it, it's 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 like, how did they know? <laughs> <laughs> Because they've got access to time travel. So this has always been one of my, um, for for my Doctor Who friends back in the 1980s, I would always make references to um, the brain of Morbius in one way or another. Um, The anixia life for me was a a term I use, and and Ian would appreciate this, I'm sure, for coffee. So anytime it's like, I would would say this to anyone that's familiar with Doctor Who, I'm I'm getting my anixia life, which meant I was getting some coffee. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a strange story i mean there's uh, there's uh, there's lots of things to admire about it i i think in some ways the actual appearance of the the monster in some ways could put one off watching it uh maybe it has a, a slightly gruesome appeal because of that and there's some iffy acting as already mentioned but there's some also some great points and philip Philip Maddock, of course, is uh, uh, a marvellous actor, I thought. He's been in lots of other stuff. Maybe somebody will be able to ream off some of the things he's been in, but uh, he's obviously been in other Dot 2 episodes as well. Um, um, yeah, he's, but, yeah, he um, was, started he with, was, uh, with Pertwee, he's, um, the Crotons, and, um, and then the War Games. I meant Patrick Troughton, not Pertwee. This is a post-production note. Yeah, so right. he goes back to the second Doctor. And, uh, well, he's been, uh, he's been in yeah. the film as well, Daleks Invasion Earth. I think he was right. in the Doctor Who film. Oh. He was, and so is Bernard Cribben. So you could say the two of them sort of crossed the streams. They <laughs> Right. So, but but my, my, my thing about this, and uh, um, with this one contentious scene that we may talk about, but um, I, I enjoyed it almost in spite of the, the monster. And, uh, of course, Sarah Jane Smith is no. always watchable. I mean, some of, the, some of the great things she establishes, by the way, of um, a companion are in this episode. The fact that even though she's blind... She's going to the aid of the doctor. She crosses the, uh, you know, the planet's surface to try and mm-hmm. to help him out. Not not thinking of her own safety. Nearly falls off the same cliff that, in the end, and we've already said spoilers that uh, sees the demise of uh, Morbius himself. Uh, she nearly goes over the edge, but uh, that sort of pluckiness of the character is there right uh, from this episode. But. Um, yeah, there's a lot to recommend it, but the the contentious one, of course, is that when the Doctor does battle with Morbius with this machine. Oh, and one thing I noticed, by the way, rewatching it is um, uh, when when the brain of Morbius is in this sort of fluid, as we said, and he's talking to to the Doctor. No, no, sorry, not the not the fourth Doctor, but uh, the the Maddox Doctor character. Solomon. Uh, we we have these sort of um, uh, vocal cords. On a oh the membrane on a, on a yeah. stretcher this, yeah which, and that that made me think of oh, Cassandra. You know, new 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 earth Cassandra yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought yeah, the same but, thing I okay the predecessor of Cassandra all right so here's a question for you the glowing brain why did the brain glow did Those it glow? yours 
What, what, I thought it was like the yeah water. every time. Was it was the well, brain itself it, glowing? Uh, it, I wasn't sure if the tank is lit from the inside. Yeah, I thought it was like the, so. Why I I, the tank was sort of lit? I think it was to mimic the speech, wasn't it? It was to give the yeah, idea it, that it that does it pulse in, in sync to a mm-hmm. speech. That's true. Yeah, not not sure why you would design it that way, but yeah. Uh, and I think as well that because it was in a cylindrical thing, that made the brain look even bigger than it was. Because yeah, once the water drained out, it looked like 15% smaller. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. that's to that do with an refraction illusion, or whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah, it's just like yeah, if you stick your finger yeah. in a glass of water, your finger looks very big. That's, yeah. it's, it's that. But if you look at the, um, the, the wiki page, um, the, the, they say that um, you know, the, the, the emphasis there was when they're doing the mental battle the, the the William Hartnell, the first Doctor as we think of, the first incarnation, is not. I mean, I know people have talked about um, were we seeing, um, you know... Morbius. From Morbius's that's, life, but that's that how was I, clearly not the intention That, that wasn't the intent the at the time. time. Uh, they, they used cast yeah. members and crew... Uh, they used crew from, from the time to, to create these earlier incarnations of the Doctor, but... Um, thankfully, they they did the, they they went back and we saw John Pertwee's face, um, Patrick Troughton's face, William Hartnell's face, and then they cut away, and then they go back and we see. Um, thankfully, there was that cut because now it makes sense to think of it, even though this wasn't how it, it was intended. You can think of it as maybe Morbius's, because we've seen like the doctors fighting, and now maybe we're seeing visions of of what Morbius looked like previously even though it doesn't look like the busk see, that we see of him see i agree right. i i agree with you it has been a very long time since i've seen this and watching it knowing that they put the other faces in i did not even look at it as thinking okay these are people who were our incarnations before hartnell what i saw was okay this was morbius with the line your puny mind is powerless against the strength of morbius that said okay i've got three you have three incarnations look at how many incarnations i have you're a puny compared to me yeah and morbius actually says how far can you go back doctor doesn't he he says Mm-hmm. A line yeah. very similar to that. How far, right. Doctor? How long have you lived? He says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it's sort of uh, who's got the most life, life yeah. to sort of uh, mm-hmm. reel back. The time lords will not oppose me again, nor the sisterhood. When it is learned that I, Morbius, have returned from the grave, my followers will rise in their millions. You really can't go on calling yourself Morbius. There's very little of Morbius left. Why don't you think of another name? Potpourri would be appropriate. Well, how about Chop Suey? Ah! Chop Suey, the Galactic Emperor. You will be the first to die. Brain getting a little overheated, is it? Careful, not as strong as it was. My brain functions perfectly. Doubt it, Morbius. All that time in the tank, it's gone soft. Do you dare put it to the test? What test? We have all the apparatus here. I challenge you to a mind-bending contest. I am a Time Lord of the First Rank. What are you? Oh, nothing, nothing. A mere nobody, but I don't think you're in the first rank anymore. Very well, Doctor. If that is how you want to die, I accept your challenge. There's a sporting gentleman. What's mind-bending? Time Lord Wrestling. It's usually a game, but it can end in deathlock. It will, Doctor. I'm Morbius. Do not play games. Neither do I. Are you ready? On guard, Morbius. Ah! 
I counted them this time, and if those are all regenerations of the Doctor, then Tom Baker's playing the 13th Doctor. Ah, uh, see, I, I was going to say he's probably the 10th or something it, like that. I didn't count him, but... Yeah, yeah wow. <laughs> which will certainly mess everything up. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, so, but yeah. that wasn't the, I mean, it was great seeing, seeing because um, it's very rare that we do, especially in this time, that we do see acknowledgement of previous doctors, you know, and this story had it, and this wasn't even the first instance of it, you know, where there was a, 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 a well, the story starts off in this, they, they come across, the, the TARDIS materializes on this planet Karn, and, um, and there's like this, graveyard of ships there which i love that whole theme it's 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 been done several times in science fiction even there's an animated star trek story that had um a ship a spaceship graveyard too in space though Mm -hmm. um and but uh, but i I love that that concept like the you know they said uh, they um salon sort of explains it that's some sort of magnetic storm that's bringing the ships down and then we we learn later that it's actually the, the sisterhood of khan that's doing it but but anyway, but one of the creatures that 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 we see there is a uh, is a reused creature, the, a mutt, you know, from the mutants, which is a John Pertwee story. So we see a little of a John Pertwee story coming back, you know, an element from one of his stories coming back, and then when the doctor does arrive in Solon's castle and, and it's raining and, and he says, Would, can you spare a glass of water or something like that, which I'm sure is a Tom Baker ad lib because uh, it's, <laughs> it's raining and he's there with a little umbrella. Because they're soaking wet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and uh, he dries off his head and then Solon's like, oh, what a lovely head. It's beautiful. And he says, yeah, I'm quite fond of it. I used to have a, a gray one or a gray model and um, and then Sarah, and then um, Elizabeth Slade. And a lot of people <laughs> yes. liked it. Yeah, so, <laughs> some people liked it, and Sarah, Sarah Jane Smith said, yeah. I, "I did." And I, I did. <laughs> so I, again, Slade a little says, was an nod there to uh, to John Pertwee. The door. Somebody ring. Answer your phone. My dear sir, my dear, dear sir, you've no idea what the pleasure this is. It's so long since we've seen Thunder take their clothes. Well, if we can just tell them for a while, that would be fine. Great heavens, you can't go walking on a night like this. I would dream of letting you proceed one step further. Thunder, stir yourselves. Our guests are, are cold and tired and wet. Let me take your hat, sir. Oh. What a magnificent head. Superb head. Huh. Well, I'm glad you like it. I have had several. I used to have an old grey model before this. Some people liked it. I did. What? I said some people liked it, but I prefer this model. Not a surly host, you must think me. Please, come in, come in, make yourselves at home, warm yourselves, and uh, sit down, condo, food and wine. Oh, it's very kind of you, thank you. Not at all, not at all. It's an honour to offer you whatever comforts my humble abode can provide. As you see, the amenities here are rather antiquated. Oh, no, I think it's very, um... Interesting. Oh, yes, yeah. Well, then, tell me, uh, tell me about your adventures. It's... It's so rare that anyone arrives. So I, I, I love that those references. I know some people com- don't like. You know, they they feel like oh, it's going to alienate the viewers if you if you get too self 
so, yeah, to a point, yeah. If you can't, you can't be too self self referential, but um, every now and then, I I always enjoyed that Doctor. Who, even even though I hadn't seen when I first saw this, and I seen it several times, the um, you know at that time the Brain of Morbius. At that time, I never seen a John Pertwee story. I never seen a Patrick Troughton story. I never seen a William mm-hmm. Martin story. But I still enjoyed That's it. Right. I still I appreciated mm-hmm. that it had a history. And you know when at the time again the, the early 1980s late you know late 70s early 80s and is when i got into the series um i've seen all the star i mean at that time it was before the next generation so i've seen all the star trek episodes backwards and forwards and you know them you know you know all the lines and you know their history and you know and here you have something new to sink your teeth into and it has this rich history which which you can learn about and you get little morsels here and there in quote current stories even though these were 10 years old at the time um but it was just great having, and it didn't alienate me. Alienate, alienate me in any way. It made me want to know more about it, and um, you know. And I used to, at the time, you know, digest the from cover to cover of Doctor Who Monthly. It was it was called Doctor Who Monthly at that time, and it just you know, and then you you buy these Peter Hanning books and whatever, and all these other to just to get that history and and learn as much as you could about it because. Um, you know that was the only way to really, um, you know, find out about what maybe came before. I, I thought it was all great. Right. Well, of course, this was from season thirteen, and uh, Tom Baker started in. I think it was season twelve with Robot, of course. So, um, yeah, and, and and the numbers as well. Looking at the wiki page, uh, you know, nine and a half million, ten point one million, ten point two mm-hmm. million. Uh, admittedly, there were less channels to watch then. And these are the UK viewing figures. I mean, Robot, just to give you a, a reference, uh, that had 10.8 million, 10.7, 10.1, 9 for some reason. But I mean, we were hitting uh, over 11 million with some Tara experiment and uh, uh, things of that time. So. I mean, that was why some people may have thought, you know, why why are they talking about there's a, the crisis with Doctor Who because it's down to 8 million? I mean, with all the different channels and variations now, it's held up fantastically well. But um, this was something that was... Um, I mean, I, I, do we still think of uh, Tom Baker as the longest-running Doctor? I don't suppose he still holds that crown now in terms of time. Well, as, as far as screen time goes, well, I don't know about that. No. Um, yeah, I, well, Sylvester McCoy likes to say he he's been the doctor longer than anyone, but yeah, I, uh, I, yeah of course, <laughs> only because of the the time between his first episode and his last, but yeah. the last appearance, yeah. <laughs> Goodness knows how many episodes Colin Baker's up to now with uh, all his audio adventures, right? And Paul McGann, you know, but yeah. Night was 1996 through um... 2013. <laughs> That's true. That's a... yeah. But uh, I think continuous. I think you should I go. Think Tom by... Baker, longest running continuous doctor, mm-hmm. still holds that. Right. I know to be. Colin Baker wanted to, when he was first brought on. He his ambition was to exceed that. He when I you know in in those early conventions when I saw Tom, uh, Colin Baker he was. He was saying that he was going to stay on for at least eight years because his his intention was to to take that title from Tom Baker, I think. But unfortunately, <laughs> that wasn't to be the case. Uh, fools! 
Yeah. Thoughts. Yeah, it ran well, from well, 1974, sorry, in 74 to 81. You're always interrupting me. One of the things I like about this story is it does something that not a lot of stories do, um, is it views at least the Time Lords um, from the outside. For the, mm. Probably like the first time, I think, in the in the entire series, you get mm. this view of of uh, Time Lord life from from another point of view, from another yeah. perspective. We're, we're not um, on Gallifrey. You know, no, but uh, all of a sudden we've got this this group of people who are aware of the Time Lords who have some kind of relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Um, equal powers. They yeah, say equal yeah, powers. Apparently, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, the doctor even refers to it. He's like, oh, you're still using uh, teleportation. Um, how quaint. Yeah, how quaint. Um, and uh, so alluding to the fact that the Time Lords used to be able to to do mm-hmm. something yeah. similar. Um, well, actually, Well, I, I agree with you, and I, I think that's a great element in the story. I, I love the, how the Time Lords are so interwoven into the story without actually being it outside of the Doctor and Morbius. Right. They're not in the story, but they talked about throughout the whole story. So it's mm-hmm. it's great in that respect that, um, you know, because for so long, you know, the Time Lords are sort of hidden and shrouded and no one knows about the Time Lords. And, they, you know, they have this policy of not getting involved and all that. So outside of the Master, later the Ronnie, whatever. But you, you don't really, you know... It, it, you know the, the the universe aren't isn't so much aware of them. So, but here you have the sisterhood of Karn, who's, you know, they speak of themselves as equals to the Time Lords. You know, uh, right. even though right. they, they, I, I think they are, their culture may not be because their their their, their technology may not be because, and the Doctor makes a point of that, saying that that's what immortality brings you is that there's no progress because um, nothing changes there, and they admit that there's nothing changes. The f- the yeah, flame uh, of utter boredom. Who's <laughs> <laughs> right, Ohika? It is a time machine. Of the kind a TARDIS. Only the Time Lords know the secret of such machines. Then the one I saw is a Time Lord. Sent here to steal the elixir. Maren, what can we do? Alone among all the races in our galaxy, the Time Lords are our equals in mind power. That is true, Ohika. Other races we can destroy from within. We can place death in the center of their beings. Send them mad with false visions. But with this one, such powers would have no effect. He would close his mind to us. Then we are lost. There are other ways. But first... We must find him. Form a circle, sisters. I think we sidestepped another thing really neatly as well, because um, uh, there's this, uh, you know, the flame and uh, and the elixir that comes from it, and you're thinking, oh, no, they're not going to say that the reasons that the the, the uh, Gallifreyans live so long is because of, you know, it, you know it's like um, going to Pormun Adib and June and Spice Trade. It's not anything mm. to do with that. Um, and... and, and 
the fourth doctor says no no we only use it when um you know when there's a difficulty in the um, regeneration yeah. cycle mm -hmm. yeah so i think that was ni nicely sized it and and has already been referenced i think it was kyle that mentioned it the from night of the doctor where yeah. you know when he wants to become something other than the doctor he wants to become the war doctor um the 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 elixir is used in that episode and that allows him to actually choose um it's not is it a new regeneration or is he just changing his his persona and he's changing his uh, abilities and his his profile as it were and he becomes uh, the war doctor uh, i had to watch war doctor i mean uh, to watch night of the doctor again to refresh my memory about this stuff i had forgotten that um when he first uh, sees Marin or whoever that is uh he's dead d e d dead Mm. At least according to her. And the only reason why he's sitting up talking is because she's given him the elixir and it's brought him back to life for four minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I so, need to watch it again going myself. Back to that, yeah. Going back to that whole, like, who who is she question, does he or does he not say, is it you? It's something like that, yes. Like, yeah, he says something along those lines, which mm. has always confused me because if it's not her then who is it supposed to be? There's right. no other reference except for the fact that he says, is it you? Well, so, it could be the, it could be the, an aged version of the younger who took control at the end of episode mm -hmm. four. All right. That was yes. my original thought when I was, you know, mm. when I first watched Night of the Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an older Topeka because, um, Oh, he got, I think that's who that is. Mm. So, but yeah, uh, you know, Lewis, you were talking about um, being uh, overly uh, self-referential. Uh, do we only understand Night of the Doctor because we know Brain of Morbius? Would I've tried to imagine seeing Night of the Doctor not knowing who the, the well, sisterhood of Karn is. I think we appreciate it more because we get it. We know who they sure. are. And we have a history with sure. them. And um, I think anyone that, that doesn't know it, I think the story is still... I don't know. I think it explains itself well enough that you can you can catch you can catch on to what's going on without knowing yeah the history. But I, I yeah, it's still a sorceress gives him a magic yeah. potion. Yeah, okay. But, uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter what the backstory is. Sorceress gives him a magic potion. Okay, yeah. But it was great for us because I mean it would be great to see the. I mean it would be great to have a story that uh, with the sisterhood back in 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 the series proper, if you will. You know, even though I you know right. I consider. Night the Doctor canon, but it's just it's 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 a mini episode, and if you haven't seen it, it, it you know it's not you know I don't know <laughs> you know it was uh, it, I think if it, it if wasn't it, shown on TV, was it? Or was it? I don't know. No, no, it's it's web only here. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, right. I think. I think if there's any any confusion for people who who don't go into all these things is um, when we had the episode Fires of Pompeii, and we get this sort of mm -hmm. very similar type of group to. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Them, uh, and 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 of course, famously, a certain actress who uh, Karen Gillan was it was a soothsayer yeah. in that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think that was the nearest thing we've had to the sisterhood in in yeah. modern who, other That's than right. the Knights of the Doctor. Mm -hmm. I, I love the sisterhood element, though. Normally, it's not something that I do enjoy i mean i I'm not that I, I just get tired of it after a while because so many especially in this era of doctor who we get so many robed 
um, you know, cults, you know, and chanting. And mm-hmm. I get a little tired of that after a while. But he, I did, you know, I think the sisterhood was done differently enough that it's it was it's, it was an enjoyable thing. And you know, just um, I don't know, I, I don't know why, but I, I just I, I didn't mind them so much as maybe some other similar things that we've seen in this yeah. era of Doctor Who. It is too bad that in this and in uh, Mask of Mandragora, you can join uh, this cult just by throwing a robe on and falling in line with them. Yeah. You know, uh, it's like, isn't anybody even counting heads? I mean, it's I, like it's they would have said, group. wait a minute, and there's the dance, an extra. And the dance moves are really easy to pick up. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you can get into the whole rhythm and the step, just like that. Even I can do the sacred fire, sacred flame dance. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if you want to, pick on uh, details like that i mean what's the fourth doctor doing with a little imp in his hair <laughs> the the firework well, so he pulls oh, yeah, it out right. of his hair i mean uh, i know uh, you have famous uh, old <laughs> sci-fi where people have things in the beards but i mean well the doctor is, you know usually has his coat full of you know pockets full of stuff though the sonic screwdriver he left in the tardis <laughs> but, right. Uh, well, well, in actual fact, uh, Sarah Jane, when he's tied to the post, actually pulls some pliers, uh, some slippers out of his yeah. pocket mm-hmm. to to release him, mm-hmm. which just happened to be there. You know, that's one of those things I can really imagine Tom on the set saying, "How about if I pull it out of my hair this time? Don't don't you think that the pocket <laughs> bit is getting old? Don't you? <laughs> How about if I?" Uh, of course, the TARDIS goes off in, in fireworks at the end of the episode, too, which is... I didn't I didn't care for that so much. <laughs> yeah. Not funny. But, uh... But, but speaking of fireworks, <laughs> the, the flames and all yeah. that was real. I mean, Tom Baker was, uh, at one point, was... Uh, the, the the actress that played Marin um, in, 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 in the story, what's... Um, Cynthia Grenville was... When they were shooting it, she was shouting at Tom to run because she was afraid that she was gonna, he was going to burn there because the fires were just... They, they used real fire there, and um, they got the shot, and then they, they, the, the, the fire brigade came and, and took, up, took the fire down. But, um, I mean, it, you know, I, it wasn't an effect. It was actual fire there. So we know, it's, uh, yeah. we know it's Lee's favorite story. What, what do the <laughs> other guys... How do the other guys rate it in the room? I mean, Leslie wants to elaborate even more about why it's his favorite uh, classic story. Well, it's—I have to say—it's one of my mm. favorites too. It's—it's uh, it's just one of those classic stories that, you know, that I remember from that those early Tom Baker stories, and uh, you know, and and seeing it, and I just, you know, not, not that I'm really that big into horror stories and, and classic horror and Hammer films and all that, but it had all those elements in it, and it still was science fiction. And it wasn't a fairy tale, you know. We're, now, if they did it now, it would, it would have, you know, f- f- little fairies in the fire or whatever, little fireflies or something. I don't know. Uh, but it would be more about the sisterhood than about uh, Solon, yeah. certainly. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, and in fact, and, and speaking of which, Solon, they, they considered Peter Cushing as uh, an actor to play him. Vincent Price was oh also under consideration. You know, before they, they, they settled on, on Philip Maddock. But, um, you know, so they were really going after that that essence there. Um, 
you know, it, it, it was criticized like many others um, in in that era by Mary Whitehouse, and um, she had a um, she was involved with some sort of censor group, whatever I can't remember the name of it. Um, but they they criticized that, that when the brain fell on the floor, that that was they felt that was too much and too violent, and you know, I. I didn't think that was you know it was just a brain falling on the floor so but they they <laughs> they, they were um very much criticized for that and and i i think that when condo was shot um you know there, there was some blood there and all that so but i mean it's not the first time and certain that last time that doctor who's going to be criticized for being too violent and then once hitch once yeah. hitch once philip hitchcliffe left and they but got brought on grand williams to produce they decidedly try to go more the other direction and make it more slapstick and lighthearted and whatever so um but i i yeah i mean i i just thought it was um i i, I mean you you can there, there like i said there are some negatives about it i i didn't like the way marin just sort of vanished and sacrificed herself and there was really it's <laughs> that should have been a little bit more there to it um what's interesting is um Terrence um, Dick's original story concept was, um, and and I know Dave, you had you had issues with the monster itself, and I think his yeah. original story had it where it wasn't Solon that puts together this pieces uh, pieces together this body for for Morbius. In the original treatment, it was a robot. It was uh, uh, this, uh, um, Morbius ships crashes on Karn and. Um, and this robot that's his servant went off and, and put together this body without any, you know, um, aesthetics, you know, as far as w- what it should look like and just was just looking to put something functional together. But they decided to do away with the robot because uh, they felt they couldn't realize it, realize it on screen to make it believable. Um, but it was um, they have some conceptual drawings of it and it's pretty elaborate. So. Pretty interesting, you know, if you watch the extras on the DVD. Uh, I think my issue with the with the with the the monster uh, as it as it was portrayed in that effect was sort of it, it was verging on between being you know a caricature of a monster and the sort of carry on screaming type of thing, um, and also it may. I think I was afraid that casual views of Doctor Who, and I'm talking about when I first watched mm-hmm. it, would think you know. Oh, that's silly nonsense! What's an adult watching that for? It's silly, and 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 it was that was was probably my worry about it. Um, but uh, I, I did think it was good. Uh, that scene where you talked about uh, the Doctor arriving and you know and um, him being welcomed in there—that uh, did seem a little bit improvised. I mean, um, although I like. Um, uh, Paul, uh, Philip Maddock as an actor. Uh, by the way, his uh, his wife Ruth Maddock, Heidi High actress that uh, Ian will no doubt go on about. And Philip Maddock has done a comedy himself. Of course, he was in uh, um, uh, was it? Uh, Don't tell him the name, Pike. Um, in Dad's Army, he's uh, he's he's been in lots of uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I like it in spite of the monster rather than because of the monster. And um, maybe Ian, I don't know if Ian wants to talk about uh, Sarah Jane's groping, but other than that, it was a good, it was a good episode. I agree. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh, 
it actually holds up pretty well. I mean, there's there's a few things, like the mutt at the beginning stumbling around uh, is a bit kind of, you know, I, I think he, at one point he drops a gun or a um, some kind of tool or whatever, and it has this very plastic sound when it falls to the ground. Um, but apart from that, it, it holds up pretty good. The atmosphere is nice. Um and there are some good one-liners in there. The, 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 I, I laughed out loud at the, uh, could just spare a glass of water as they're standing there in the rain. Um, it, that was great. Um, it, it's a fantastic little story, you know. Um, I mean, everybody else has said pretty much everything else I was going to say. Well, so. <laughs> because it was a studio-bound story from beginning to end, and it was shot that way, you know, in the studio, it had a very stage-like, like, it was like a stage show, and it felt very much, I mean, the, the mm. makeup on the on the sisterhood and all that was very dramatic, and um, the lighting is very dramatic, and, um, and of course, you know, at the time, you know, the you're going to have some wobbly sets or whatever or, 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 or things are going to fall down and it's not going to sound you know <laughs> sound plastically or whatever so I'll, I'll forgive him for that but it did have that I, I, I sort of enjoyed it for that I mean of course today I you know we have different standards and even like the pacing is much slower back then than what you see in today's Doctor Who or any television today you would you would have to move the story along quicker and be more more action there. I mean, there's there's parts, there's scenes in here where you know Sarah Jane is, um, you know, is blinded and, and dismobilized, and the doctor's passed out, and they they bring in his body, you know, um, on, on in a cot, whatever, and they they, you know, so he's incapacitated, and you know, so there's a lot of, you know, non, you know, <laughs> slower scenes, I guess, you know. Oof. Well, before we go and find out what Kyle thinks, I mean, the one thing I must mention is, uh, and I think he'll appreciate this like I did, um, the, the, the wine is brought to the table and he, and he turns to, Condor, how often have I told you to open the wine and let it breathe before we drink it? <laughs> right. It's not the poison. That, I mean, damn it. Yeah. yeah, apparently that's uh, the code word for and poison the wine. <laughs> but Kyle uh-huh. heard Kyle's thoughts. No, I really thought that it uh, held up very well. I thought that this was very classic Tom Baker and Elizabeth Sladen. I liked, um, you know, I liked seeing the, well, the introduction to the sisterhood. You know, all in all, I thought it was a very good episode. There were funny, or not episodes, four-parter. There were funny scenes in it. Um, I liked the Frankenstein feel. Um, you know, and I didn't get bored. I was captivated from point A to point Z. So, um, you know, there's, you know, it was what it was for its time, and I think it held up very, very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I did expect Jim Dale to come in at times, but other than that, <laughs> I take it you know that that actor is in America. Isn't I guess he- not. Wasn't he the cyber leader? From the carry on, from the carry no, from the carry on movies. Oh Jim no, Dale. no. Yeah, yeah so. look it up. Homework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, speaking of actors, I have to give some props to Colin Fay who plays Kondo in it because uh, they had him in that that extras on on um, you know the, on the DVD and um, and I was expecting to to talk like this 
you know, <laughs> and he told me he was. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. He's an actor. He's he's not Fun really kind of. <laughs> he but, was in fact an opera singer, if I remember right. Yes, is that, yeah. is that right? Yeah. yeah. I was sort yeah, of cast he, because he was immense. Well, I, I think, and he also, uh, well, he, he to, uh, to mean to interrupt you, no, no, I almost ahead. felt like. Uh, he added a Quasimodo effect along with the uh, the Frankenstein because the way you know they had him walking and all of that just added another layer onto that. But he, Esmeralda, he had, he had a soft side too, which I thought I appreciated. You know, you know, he mm-hmm. was he he was like touching, um, petting Sarah Jane's hair, and mm-hmm. he wasn't just all brute. You know, they they, they made him a little, a little multi-dimensional there. And then he was upset mm-hmm. about his hand. I'm like, well, you know, you promised me my hand, and now it's on this um, this this monster that you're building here. And 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 Solomon is like, don't the- don't don't go on with trivialities or something like that. <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> Who cares about that? It's. A, I think it's a wonderful script, and that's actually one of my favorite things about it is the the pathos of Kondo's arm mm. that uh, Solon has apparently sawed off at some point to, to put into his uh, patchwork monster, and, uh, <laughs> and that moment when Kondo sees it and recognizes it, it's you know I and think that's wonderful. According to uh, oh, yeah. how, how does one recognize one's Kondo own arm? arm? Right. Yeah, you'd know yours if you saw it attached to somebody else. I bet. Attached to somebody else. Hang you on, look, I recognize I, that. Hang freckle. on. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know that arm. I had a freckle like that on my arm. <laughs> According to uh, Terrence Dix, his backstory is that he was a uh, he was a slave on a prison ship that that crashed there. Hmm. Anyway, and, so and Solon says something like that. He, yeah. Does he? Yeah. So, yeah. He he has a, he has an explanation of uh, why uh, Kondo is there, but um, I don't know. But yeah. It's, it was good seeing it again. It's been too long, so it was enjoyable to watch it again. It's a lot of fun. I'm I'm gonna give it. Um, I don't know. I I. I I'm I'm giving it four and a half, maybe even five Tardis groans. But I think a lot of that, maybe five Tardis groans, could be because of nostalgia, because I remember so vividly from, you know, watching it back in the day, and and if you will, the, the you know <laughs> the good old days, if you will, of um, that's right. Of, of you know, just when I say that, I don't mean to you know, I, I it's 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 it was the introduction of Doctor Who to me with these these early yeah. Tom Baker stories, so. Um, I, you well, know, I, I well, Lewis, I like something that um, you do when you uh, you've mentioned before that when you go through and you rewatch these, mm-hmm. you grade those not for whatever year we're in, whether it's 2008, 2015, yeah, myself, whatever you in that year. Yeah, I try to and put myself for in that. The, in I the, have in the time that it was made, you know, and to try to appreciate it for that, that, you know, like if I'm watching, um, you know, a, a second doctor story, I, you know, I try to put myself in the mindset of, you know, uh, of the 1960s or, in, and in this case, it's the mid seventies. And, you know, so I, I try to put myself in that mindset. Oh, that's so, a good idea. I was only 30 then. Crikey. <laughs> Takes you back. So putting my so putting myself in that same mindset, I will also give it uh, five out of five because um, you know I think it was you know a plus. I, I can't say anything bad about it. Very good. 
Uh, three and a half from me, I think. Um, I, I don't think I can give it higher than that. Cause I, I mean, some of the Tom Baker ones, I've got to go to um, things like Horror of Fang Rock and um, uh, Talons of Wai Chang and one or two others that eclipse this story for me. Mm. But um, it's certainly a, good, a, a very solid story, and there's a lot to recommend it. Ian? I'm going to have to side with Dave on that. You know, there's, there's still that studio boundness to it. Um, fake rain, uh, the polystyrene stairs <laughs> and rocks and stuff like that. They kind of throw me off still a little bit when I'm watching. I mean, I grew up with this, you know, with this version of Doctor Who. I'm not um, ruined by you know, modern TV or anything. It's just, <laughs> it's it, you know, it, it bothered me back then. It bothers me now, you know. Um but it's still a decent story. Um, I love Philip Maddox's performance in it. Um, so, yeah, three and a half. Well, to that point, I think this is one of those stories, one of those episodes that you could even turn the picture off and just listen to the audio. And, and I think it's it, and appreciate it for that as well. I mean, as, as much as they might improve. <laughs> Well, that's what I'm getting at. I think the performances are, are there. Maybe. And, and the, the, I, think the, I think we had a lot of great vocal, you know, talent there as far as, um, you know, I think Philip, oh. Philip uh, Maddock has an incredible voice presence. I think um, so does um, Cynthia Grenville, who plays Marin. Um, even mm-hmm. Kondo has this great voice presence. So I, I think you know it's him. Yeah, yeah I think. Oh yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, Philip Malik could have easily phoned this uh, part in, couldn't mm-hmm. he? But he doesn't. He, you know, he's he he, he 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 says all the words seriously. He doesn't think, you know, what the hell am I doing here? And yeah, uh, no. why am I, I should be doing I should be doing no. Shakespeare. You know, I mean, you know, he 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 does do it properly, even though he's. Um, <laughs> His skills as a surgeon leave a lot to be desired. <laughs> yeah. well, Apparently his stuff works, but God only knows how. <laughs> so that, that, was, that was Terence Dick's Sterilization problems. That he, he said he, he was supposed to be this brilliant surgeon and, and you know... Um, you know, and and yet he puts together this like monster thing, you know. And uh, whereas Taron Stick's original script was that it was you know this robot that was putting together this thing that, and that's why it looks the way it looks. So it, it for him it just didn't make sense that this this um <laughs> this renowned you know doctor that would make create such a you know monster such a travesty of things put together like that. Mm-hmm. He's working with what he's got, you yeah, know. That's that's how I. There was very, very, very quickly because I know we're running a little bit long, but there was one very nice scene where, where the monster confronts the mirror. I mean, I know it's been done thousands of times sure, you've since. You've got to do that it's, scene. It's, it's, it sees its own reflection, yeah. and then goes on the rampage. And of course, the Doctor doesn't see that at that point. The Philip Malik character doesn't see that, so he thinks, you know, he's going to get plaudits for bringing the person back. But they've just seen what they look like, and at that stage, with the with the higher functions blocked off, it was just rage. So that worked. Yeah. 
You know, and Lewis, you, you said something earlier that, that uh, I never thought about before about this episode. Is, and I think this is why I have to give it five TARDIS groans and why I still love it. So it's not in spite of the things that I think troubled uh, some other folks here, but but actually because of them. I mean, I, I don't I don't uh, I haven't been collecting the action figures as they've come out of uh, you know the, the, the Doctor Who figures, <laughs> beautiful as they are. But you were there actually at Gallifrey, uh, you and I, when uh, when the Morbius monster came out, man, I had to have that one. Because I, I love the Morbius monster. I, I'm Not missing that myself. Because it looks ridiculous. But you, you got, yeah. But, but because I, the nostalgia. I, no, of not, it. But because it looks. No, because yeah. it looks ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, is, it, is the, it is the absurdity of the whole concept that I think is charming. Yeah. But you, you said that it's like a stage play, and I think it is. The studio boundness, the. Um, uh, and, and uh, lighting and uh, and some of the things that Ian pointed out. It's it's true. I think that I've always thought of it as been this this lovely, um, uh, spooky play with some very witty dialogue in it. Yeah, that's... and um, and it's theatricality, which is of course over the top. That's part of what's appealed to me about it. I, I never really thought about it that before. It's it's it's, it's, a, it's, it's a it's a play. It's what struck me immediately. You know, seeing after so many years of not watching it and seeing it now, I'm like. It's it's it felt like a stage show. It just felt like I was yeah. watching theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I yeah. So I see that as a good thing. Yeah, no, but, I, um, I enjoyed that. I, I mean, like I said, it's it's something that maybe I, you know today if a new Doctor Who episode came out today like that, you might not you know appreciate it. But I yeah, that would be hard. Yeah, that would be but, hard. But for yeah. now, looking back at it and, and appreciating it on that level, I I can. Mm-hmm. So, lots of fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, even like the exterior castle of like Solomon's Castle, you only see it once. I I thought maybe they might have done a little bit more establishing shots of that in other episodes, but they they don't. It's kept very much inside. And and I think, you know, like when you're watching a a stage show, anything in the theater, you don't get to see exteriors so much it's you build a geography of the story using props and stage elements and all that so i I think that seemed to be the case here you know even though they made this elaborate model which may or may not look you know convincing or not but they they only show Mm -hmm. it once i think in episode one and and you don't even see that the temple of this of the sisterhood are in to my understanding i think are in caves you you don't actually you never see the exterior of the temple it's like yeah, we it's, don't, we it's don't know what that looks it's like on the outside of Ong. Yeah. <laughs> they used it all up on the graveyard of ships. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And I'm just looking very quickly here at the, uh, apparently the uh, Scarifiers, the audio version, which is Philip Maddox's last uh, thing, uh, bears a little bit of resemblance to this because it has the... Huh. Um, yeah, the um, Scarifiers horror, comedy horror, audio drama, horror of Loch Ness, similar elements to the brain of Morbius, particularly the brain in a bowl and patchwork <laughs> monster. Uh, production included Philip Maddock in his last role as a doctor. How about that? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's not coincidence. That, that's uh, Somebody said, you know who'd be great in this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Brandon Morbius is uh, educational, too, because it teaches you how to make cyanide gas, which every schoolboy should know how to do. I think. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a valuable life skill. You need to... 
and why it doesn't affect the monster because it has uh, the different lung system. Yeah, that's some sort right. Of filter. The doctor it's got says a some methane filter. Myth- yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Done here. Yep. All right. Well, um, what did you think of Brain Morbius? If you're watching it now, if you watched it or you, you watched it in the past and you want to share your feelings, we want to hear from you. As always, we welcome feedback. And um, so please send it to us. You could send it to our email address is podshock at, um, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's feedback. I'm sorry. It's feedback at podshock.net. Or you can call the, the Podshock public call box which is uh, 206-337-4699. And as always, I urge you to go before calling just to make sure that number is up to date because that number does change from time to time, is uh, go to our website, podshock.net or gallifranimacy.org, and you'll see a tab on the top there for, um, for feedback, and, um, you know, and it will have the, the latest number there if it does change. But uh, 206-337-4699. Nine nine. It works just like voicemail, and just keep it down to about three minutes or less. Any any um, is that it? This, we got we, this is as we record. This is the end of May, so we got a couple months before we get some new episodes, right? Are we still looking at the end of August, beginning of September? Is I that believe so. I think yeah. Mm. There's no date announced yet, and so you, the BBC is somewhat infamous for announcing that, you know, like two weeks ahead of time. We'll return with some live shows once again, as we do always with the with the new episodes, doing live review shows on TalkShoe, and and they, they'll feed back into our um, podcast feed as well. So look forward to that. But we'll have some more episodes before then, obviously. And uh, apologies for the shows being a little sporadic lately. Hopefully, um. We can get these out more regularly soon. And um, but if you want to hear more of Dave and Ian, the Cultum Collective also does a show once a month on um, TalkShoe.com. And um, I don't know when this episode is going to go out, so I don't know. You have an episode. You have a show coming up this weekend. Well, yeah. The easiest way to say is that we're doing between now and Doctor Who coming back we're just doing the last Sunday in each calendar month so you know do your own maths on that but uh, between times we're doing commentaries we're just coming up to the end of uh, doing commentaries on Better Call Saul so that's 10 commentaries we're just about to record our our latest one soon so by the time this goes out we will have finished that and then we're returning to classic who like this one so we've uh, got some uh, ian mike and myself have uh, each picked uh, one of our favorite uh, uh, ones that we haven't already covered so uh, check us out as you said on torch you uh, 54821 or at cultum.com of course, we're on iTunes and many other reputable podcast directories. And some not so reputable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I picked... And speaking of <laughs> disreputable, I picked the Time Lash. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's my, one of my favorite episodes, mm. the Time Lash. Okay. Well, John Pertwee makes an appearance in Watch that. it again, then. <laughs> sort yeah. of. I, I, I picked Carnival of Monsters. Very good. Oh, no reaction. No reaction. Yeah, yeah. The room goes Silence has fallen. <laughs> the drastics are, are pleased. Mm. I need to see Carnival of Monsters again, too. It's been a very long time, so yeah. 
Yeah, we did review that once, but it was a while ago. I think we did. Yeah. And um, you can also catch. Speaking of of Dave and and Ian on talk show, you can talk shoe. You could also include myself Friday nights for Friday for the Friday night quiz masters. We're usually on that um, on Friday nights at nine p.m. Eastern time. On talk show, if you want to uh, some levity, some sit back and enjoy some levity and and some trivia and join in and participate if you like. Yeah, that's call ID one three six four five six. Very good. And if you, and if I understand right, if you win, then you have to. You have to host. You, you have to you moderate have to, the next well, time. Okay. Not just how you yeah. not just moderate and host, but you also have to come up with the quiz. <laughs> you do, oh, wow. That's, okay. that's where the research yeah. and time comes in in um, in getting that all together. I remember the first time doing that, I was all excited, and they're like, oh, this is a lot harder than I thought. <laughs> well, it's not even yeah. so much harder. It's just time consuming. It just it's it takes up a lot of time mm-hmm. to do because you gotta, you know, you gotta know what you what you're talking about. Yeah. And never stopped Ian. Never stopped Ian. No, don't no. know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, one no. person that always knows what he or she is talking about is Sherlock or Herlock. And um, Ooh. <laughs> and you can nice find transition. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm going to hand it to you, Lee, to uh, what's the latest developments in Herlock? Well, we're still uh, we're still promoting our Indiegogo. We're still trying to raise money to make more Herlock, but you can learn about all about that at uh, on the website at Herlock H E R L O C K dot U S. There's nothing at Herlock dot com. Don't go there. Herlock dot U S. I uh, uh, our, we were also on Facebook where um, I was just looking at our hit counter the other day and noticing that. Something I'd posted on Facebook on the, the Herlock Facebook page had gotten 300 readers and 400 readers and things like that. And I was very happy. But Kyle wrote us a lovely review, and that had been read 900 wow. times. Oh, wow. Way to go, Kyle. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I've been waiting to spring that on Kyle. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thought you were going to kick out of that. And spe- cool. speaking of Kyle, Kyle, would you like to. Uh, um, talk about anything that you're working on right now yeah you well i am working on actually a picture that i will post on our podshock uh website that oh, will be uh, something that lee will really enjoy i have a feeling but also uh you can, anyone can follow me on twitter at kyle mj 6977 and you can re- read my review of Herlock and many other stuff on my website, kylemjones.com. Which, uh, which is, serves as a good reminder. I should remind everyone that, that the Podshock does have a, a Twitter account as well. It's at Podshock. Uh, you can follow that, too. You can follow me at Louis Trapani. And I'm sure Dave. you can follow Dave at DaveAC. And um, The Sixth Doctor for Ian and Lee, I'm... Don't I, I know you're on Twitter, but I don't have your your address memorized. Yeah, it's it's Lee Dot Shackleford. So okay, I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah, big, big long thing. You know, yeah. I, I think Kyle and Lee are the new Jago and Lightfoot. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's, high praise indeed! Yeah. I, I, <laughs> there was talk about that being spun off into a series. That's right. Yeah. 
Oh, there was going to be a spinoff from uh, Brain of Morbius, too, you know, uh, 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 Life at Condo's Condo. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's true. That is a true story. I got to hand it to you. You just... Condo arm? Don't worry. It's mostly armless. Armless. Mostly yeah. armless. But no, I think, I'm not sure, but I think they were going to not do it as a stage production. I think they were going to go remote, and I think the location was going to be, you ready for this? House. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, yeah. Have we have we uh, <laughs> we have reached the end? Of the have we? I think yeah. I yeah, don't know. We reached the know. end of the recording tape. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. All Nothing right. Well, else. thanks again, uh, everyone, for joining. Where's us? that cyanide gas? When yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, we've come to our head. So um... <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. That's that's the nail in the coffin. <laughs> All right. So until next time, cheers, everyone. Cheers. 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 You have been listening to Doctor Who Podshock, presented to you by the fan run GallifernMC.org. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Doctor Who Podshock theme music by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This has been a production of Art Trap Productions and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This podcast is also supported by the Podchock Podcast Companion app now in the iTunes App Store. Visit arttrap.com for more information on this and other podcasts. Uh, here we are. Now let's hope that Condo has brought something special. Oh, no. How many times have I told you the wine must be opened and allowed to breathe? Oh, please, please, oh, no, no, no. So would you please do as you've been instructed? <laughs>